marketing and sales have to work together and they have to do it based on data. They have to use data to help them work together to define who those target accounts are and how to prioritize those accounts. Because at the end of the day, there are so many accounts out there, you can't go after all of them. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. So wonderful. Getting things kicked off. I, I am uh, Adam Newwaterson, and I'm just going to allow each of the panelists to uh, introduce themselves. Uh, just a quick, a little bit about what they do for the company, et cetera. So I'm Adam Newwaterson. I am the VP of Demand Generation at RevJet, and I run marketing and sales development for the organization. Anastasia Pavlovsa, Senior Director of Marketing at Marketo. I run North America demand gen uh, teams focused on net new SMB business and customer demand gen. So I oversee the entire customer lifecycle from acquisition to retention and cross-sell. Sanjay Ganguly, SVP Product Management at Madison Logic. We are one of the industry's largest global ABM solution providers, specializing in uh, display advertising and uh, lead generation programs for the B2B marketplace. Mike Burton, I'm a co-founder and I run sales at Bombora. Uh, Bombora monitors research behavior of businesses and surfaces uh, data to B2B customers. Excellent. So I've asked them to keep the, the product-y sort of things to about what you just saw. Everybody knows where their booths are downstairs. If you have more questions, please stop by their booths. They would love to see you in more detail. So we know a little bit about each one of us. And from here, I just wanted to spend the time today thinking about sales marketing alignment at one layer below the sheet. So not just in the fluffy, uh, feel-good sort of way that we're aligning sales and marketing, but what are people actually doing? How does that actually work on a day-to-day basis? So a question for the audience here. How many people are in sales? Excellent. Good to see you all. How many people are in marketing? All right. Hi, marketers. How are we doing? Uh, so I wanted to throw this out to the, the panel first. Set the ground rules for me. In, in an account-based marketing world or an account-based world, what is in and what is out? Is marketing in, sales, SDRs, customer success, renewal? What about HR and finance? Do they count as account-based in this world? Where do we draw the line? So if I may start, if you think about it, account-based marketing isn't new. It started as account-based selling, right? So sales has been doing this all along. It's just in the last few years where marketing is now creating better alignment to be more aligned with what sales is trying to do. But really where it's going is it's not about account-based selling. It's not about account-based marketing. It's about an account-based strategy. So I think over time, it's about how the organizational culture has to change. Um, I'm from a product management organization. So if you think about how agile development was the big buzzword and, you know, when it first started out, a lot of companies would say, oh, agile, that's the engineering guys. You know, that's what the engineering has to change in order to be agile. It's not true. It's how an organization has to change and evolve to be agile. And it's the same thing about account and account-based strategy. Over time, the entire organization has to shift that way. But the difficult part is don't slow yourself down and don't wait for the entire organization to evolve before starting an account-based marketing approach. Excellent. So, Mike, what does sales actually think about ABM? Yeah, we like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more. <laughs> um, no, we had a, an interesting experience at Bombora because we're on the newer side. So we started with it. 
Okay. A lot of the customers we talk to is like the struggle of the evolution into ABM and kind of undoing, stop doing it the old way and start doing it the new way. We didn't have to do that. Um, so it was pretty easy for us. I guess in the earliest days, we were just fielding inbound leads. So there was this challenge of if a dog has a ball in its mouth and you throw another ball and they chase after it and they don't want to drop the ball they have to pick up the new ball. That's kind of what we had to deal with is like, okay, stop just calling on these inbound leads that we have because they don't look like our best customers. So even if you could sell them, um, which is fine, they're not going to be super valuable to us long-term. So drop that ball and let's all get on board around this new strategy of just focusing on, in our case, 5,000 accounts that we care about. Um, But for the most part, it was easy. We all like it. We all love it because it's pretty much the way we started. You just call your sales team a bunch of dogs? That's exactly right. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Anastasia, should you plan out ABM by, by channel or should you have a, a holistic view of it from a marketing perspective? How do you think about that for yourself and for Marketo? Yes, so definitely think multi-channel. Um, so you need to have a really holistic view about what you want to do across different channels and you need to have the right tools in order for you to do that. So with the right engagement platform, you should be able to do exactly that. So you would plan a variety of different programs across channels and it's good to test, A-B test everything and see where the engagement is happening. So you need the right listening tools and you need to have the right optimization tools to see really what's working and what's not working. And also think about deploying a tiered approach because some programs would apply to your cream of the crop, uh, your named accounts. And some examples of that might be really high value direct mail or on-site visits, but you can nurture pretty much everyone. But what's important is really to have personalized messaging and for, for each of the persona and for each tier. Do you want to comment, Sandra? Yeah, I actually just wanted to add something. I completely agree with what Anastasia said. The thing that you see even happening in the marketplace is the buying committees are just getting larger and larger. It's more than ever about the consensus sale in B2B than it's ever been before. The buying committees are getting larger. The diversity is growing. The buying committees cross functionality, cross levels of seniority. It's getting harder and harder, and there's so much more information out there in the marketplace. It's getting harder and harder to get your message out to those audiences. So you can't look at one channel anymore. You can't just focus on one channel at a time. And if you looked at Peter Isaacson's presentation earlier from Demandbase, they talked about how the buyer journey is all over the place. They're all at the different stages of the the buying process at the same time. You need a multi-channel approach, and you need to look at how all the channels are working together to to nurture the entire account. Yeah, I think that's right. And the good news is that the ecosystem, kind of like the uh, vendor channel tactic ecosystem is becoming ABMified, whereas other channels before, like Native is a good example, like an Outbrain or a Taboola, or like if you had gone to them a year ago and said like, hey, I want to target a list of accounts, but I can't do it. Right. But like all of these different channels, like LinkedIn's getting really good at it. Um, I mentioned native, like all of the different channels and tactics are kind of joining the revolution or like, okay, we need to be able to support this. And that's happening fast. Awesome. So we talk a lot about sales. We talk a lot about marketing, but how, how do SDRs kind of fit in the mix between the, the two organizations? Who wants to take that? 
I can start with that. Okay. Um, so definitely SDR is a part of the ecosystem, right? So I agree with the, um, uh, Sanjay's uh, earlier comment on the fact that account-based marketing sort of places uh, too much emphasis on marketing. And really for account-based strategy to be successful, you need the entire organization to align to the strategy. And so definitely in, in kind of a smaller, more focused approach, marketing sales and SDR teams need to be uh, very well aligned and, and focus on the same goals. It really depends how your organization, sales organization is structured. And some companies, SDR, sort of uh, report into marketing and other functions, they report into sales. Depends whether you have outbound or inbound SDRs. In Marketo world, we have both inbound and outbound SDR teams and outbound SDRs align very, very closely to AEs, to account reps, and focus on the named accounts within the territory. So it's critically important that, again, they work in a partnership together to drive pipeline and opportunities and, and revenue within the same accounts. And then marketing on the other side really helps both the SDRs and sales with tons of campaigns and, and again, driving demand throughout the uh, journey. So taking that kind of marketing idea a little bit further, how does marketing kind of best engage sales within an ABM holistic view, if that's the way that we're saying that it needs to be done? How does marketing pull in sales in the kind of most intelligent way? How have you seen that in your own companies or in different companies, et cetera? Who wants to? Okay. Uh, I can start with that. You know, it's really hard. And as we talked earlier, it is about a cultural change. When ABM was still in its infancy a few years ago, and we're introducing it to the marketing departments, we were speaking to many clients and they would come back and say, wait a minute, you want us to go back to sales and talk to them about who, should we, who we should be targeting? That was a foreign concept because traditionally sales just dictated, here are the accounts we want to target. Marketing, just go do your job. But the reality is it is an organizational change. It's marketing and sales have to work together and they have to do it based on data. They have to use data to help them work together to define who those target accounts are and how to prioritize those accounts. Because at the end of the day, there are so many accounts out there, you can't go after all of them. And you have to focus your energies on the ones that will be the most engaged. Absolutely. But but what I really care about are what are the real life examples that people have seen of, of campaigns that salespeople really love? So I'm going to throw this out to everybody. You see what each of them kind of uh, toss back as answers. I can throw a quick one. From okay. what I've heard, just feedback from our sales team, they love events. They love events and they love direct mail, right? Because this is something tangible. They don't necessarily have a lot of trust in digital programs because they can't really touch and, and uh, some of them are really, really complex. But definitely high touch events and direct mail get the kudos. But I'd love to hear from the salespeople on the panel. Yeah, I mean, ours is a, we have a very simple kind of machine in place where we're driving leads back to a free sample of our product. So the more that we can get that combine our key account list and our driving leads through that sample, um, those are the warmest leads for us. And those are the ones our salespeople are most excited about. Yeah, and like what we've seen working with a lot of different clients in the marketplace, we've seen marketing and sales kind of evolving together now. And what we've seen really working is where it's not just about, here's another dashboard for sales to go and look at, or here's an integration into Salesforce so that sales, sales has more insights and more tools. What I've seen working in many of our clients that come back to us is when they actually come up with this collaborative approach, where they actually have weekly meetings to review who the, prior, who the most engaged accounts are for that week. So they're looking at, okay, 
Who are we going to go after this? Who are we focused on this week? Who, based on the data, based on data that's available, let's have a discussion around who those most engaged accounts are and what kinds of insights can we use to drive more relevant message to those accounts. And we've had several clients that come back and say that by employing those kinds of approaches and making a collaborative discussion with sales, sales is coming back saying, target accounts that we've gone after in the past and we've had no success in getting responses from those accounts, now we've actually got proposals in front of those clients and they're being responsive. Excellent. So at, at our organization, I think the salespeople looked at me like I was a little bit crazy when I said, we're going we're gonna to map out the organizations of all of our top prospects. So all of our tier, tier one accounts, we're going to have an org chart for each one of them. Well, we're going to have an account plan for, for each one of them about how we're going to uh, break into these particular accounts. And now every week we, we sit down, as you were just sort of saying at the beginning of the week, what are the top five accounts that you're going to break into specifically this week? I run the sales development organization. We prioritize their prospecting efforts towards those accounts that uh, sales is most interested in engaging with that particular week. And the two teams, uh, things are going smashing. I would say if marketing, if your sales team does not love you, you're not doing ABM correctly. So any other sort of comments on that? Yeah, I would just add another comment. So um, I think mapping accounts and or assigning a specific ABM manager to uh, a certain set of target accounts onto your sales reps is certainly doable if you are dealing with large global enterprise accounts. It's not scalable if you're trying to drive ABM with an SMB business. And, and that's where the technology really helps. And you need to think about ways how to scale your efforts, right? And I totally agree with the point that having weekly or daily or monthly meetings with sales when you review the KPIs. I mean, that that certainly is really, really important. But uh, what, what also is important is making sure that sales and marketing drive their own set of KPIs and, and each of the teams is, is really accountable for what they're on the hook for. And at the end of the day, it's all about revenue, right? So that's what all that we care about at the end of the day. So marketing teams that focus just on, on driving marketing qualified leads within target accounts, that's not going to cut it because it, it is about pipeline yeah. and opportunity <laughs> and revenue, close one deals, right? <laughs> who, who, who of the salespeople in the audience, like, like hearing a marketer say, it's not all about MQLs. I, maybe it's just me, but I do. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, speaking about KPIs, et cetera, how are we seeing the kind of best ways to measure uh, the effects of ABM? What are you guys seeing at your customers or across your own organizations, et cetera? Let's start on yeah. Mike. Um, I think it's like, if, if, there's, if it's a company-wide strategy, which is prerequisite number one, if that's in place, then it's pipeline against key accounts, right? Because if all of marketing is orchestrated around key accounts, then there's no reason why pipeline shouldn't be attributed to marketing in almost every case, depending on the size of the addressable market. If the addressable market is extremely vast, then maybe marketing can't touch all of it all the time. And there could be some attribution wars there. But as long as it's a finite addressable market, there's no reason why pipeline against key accounts can't be kind of like the measurement to end all measurements. Um, so that's the best one. And then it's like, it's kind of like the ball in the mouth idea is like, how do you retire the MQL, right? Because that's still also like, there's somebody that cares about that. And it's like, well, I'm sure as a marketer, it's hard to drive a certain volume of MQLs if your universe just got chopped by 75%. So it's like the balance of those two things. The thing I would add to that is also saying it, we're all in B2B here and in B2B pipeline, opportunity, revenue, those all take time. And we also, we, we have to look at the, the long game and the short game. So what we've seen a lot of marketers starving for is saying, yes, it's, it absolutely is about pipeline and revenue, but we need more real-time metrics. Uh, 
So a lot of our marketers in shifting to ABM have really been starting to look at, okay, the old metrics that we looked at from a media perspective in terms of impressions and clicks and things like that, don't tell us anything. So what can we, where's the middle line there for those short analytics? Looking at account penetration, looking at account engagement. At the end of the day, marketing wants to be able to validate to sales that we're reaching the accounts that, we, that you want to influence. We're driving impact to those accounts. We're driving engagement with those accounts. We're driving them into our site traffic. And then ultimately, we're feeding them into pipeline. So they want to see the full cycle and kind of the full funnel activity and an engagement activity across those accounts. And I, I completely agree. So the way we look at this at Marketo is really a set of early, mid and late stage metrics, right? So early, you would look at your open race or your visitors from target accounts to your website. And then uh, midway, a few you know, weeks or months later, depending on your sales cycle, you will look at meetings set up with target accounts and uh, the number of call connects, et cetera. And only later stage, you would look at pipeline opportunity, uh, et cetera, late stage metrics. It's important to keep the audience in mind when you discuss these metrics, right? You see CFO, CEO, uh, chief marketing officer, they don't care about early stage metrics, right? And one quick point on uh, MQLs, because ah. MQLs are not dead or <laughs> not entirely dead, but uh, it's kind of important to, I guess, keep in mind that you you can't make a, an immediate shift to ABM and just ignore all inbound. So both strategies work together. What we've done at Marketo is we actually changed our lead scoring. So we are now looking at MQLAs. So it's, it's, so we, what we did, we, we overlaid an account scoring component to our MQL, MQLs. And so we're looking at engagement behavior, engagement demographics, and whether the leads come from the right account. So that's again, something for you to consider. We have a really wacky way of measuring all of our teams at RevJet. We call it an active, meaningful dialogue. So essentially, it has a salesperson had a meeting in the last three weeks, or do they have a new meeting scheduled in the next three weeks? And marketing, sales development, and uh, sales are all tracked to that same same concept, and we're all measured on the same thing, which is a really interesting way of kind of bringing the teams together. But it's a, a strange way to like measure the effectiveness of a conference or something like that. How many uh, ongoing conversations came out of that particular thing? So speaking a little bit about the, the kind of challenges, uh, what are the kind of biggest challenges your company or your customers uh, face when regards to sales and marketing alignment or ABM campaigns that kind of span the organization? So who wants to... I can start. Um, so... If anyone attended my previous presentation, I apologize, maybe a little bit redundant, but uh, I would say that some companies that don't spend enough time in the first steps of focusing on, on the account selection process, if they don't align between marketing and sales, because this is one of the most Im important steps that you can take. And if there's any confusion um, or if there's misalignment, I mean, that's going to kill your ABM program moving forward. And another thing is if your data, it's, it's really about data because if your data is crappy, if it can create uh, paralysis within sales organization, if there are multiple sources of truth and, and the reps don't know whether to trust one source versus another, if they see conflicting data points or if there are duplicates in the system, it's really, really important to get this step right. So I think companies that allocate enough time to really get ready for ABM programs and perfect the first two steps, they're going be the one, the winners at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think along those lines, what we've seen happening is 
companies start getting confused. They they start getting worried about how do I get started? And they're just worried. They actually wind up spinning their wheels because they're not sure what the first step needs to be. And I think to Anastasia's point is the account identification piece is the first step. And many customers are really focused on saying, well, I have my target account list already. So wh- why is that difficult? Well, like, let me, here's my target account list. And the reality is there's two things to think about there. One is if you're just relying on your internal account list, it's, it's a powerful asset, but you should be looking at out of those accounts, who are the most engaged accounts. You also should be looking at market data that helps you identify who the other accounts you should be targeting. It's like, basically, I've had companies that say, oh, we have our target accounts. We're not worried about, you know, what the market is telling us. And my response is, well, then you're basically saying if a lead comes in off your website and they're not a target account, you're going to ignore it. And that's just the wrong model. So I think getting that account identification piece right is the first component that they have to figure out. And I've seen a lot of clients, you know, even working with their agencies where the agency just becomes like deer in headlights because they're like, we don't know how to convert to an ABM approach. I'm just going to say a little anecdote after that. We, we have a very finite TAM of people that we can sell to at RevJet. There is no opportunity for us to sell into people that are kind of outside of that uh, grouping. So there was this kind of attitude that if you didn't, if you were a website lead that came in and you did not fall into one of our target accounts, we're not even going to like bother to reply to you. So that, that is something that I've had to kind of change the behavior of internally that, okay, yeah, we may not actually sell to these people, but you know they're going to switch from that company to a different one. So we need to be nice to them now along their journey, even if we can't sell to them right now. So Mike, other challenges that you've seen uh, with, with companies? Uh, to just echo the same, yeah. the same, same thing. It's like, it is company identification is the main obstacle for most, but then solving that problem is different for every single company that we talk to. Like RevJet's a good example. It's like, there's a finite addressable market. So there's really no debate internally, I'm sure. Right. And you would be surprised. About, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe about whether it's 650 or 1,000 or 650 or 500 or something like yeah. that. But it's like the addressable market's pretty clear. Um, but yeah, that's where it comes back to. It's not a sales strategy or a marketing strategy. It's a company strategy. So folks that um, are kind of like starting uh, from the beginning and sales and marketing are in that exercise together. There's no issue really uh, that we've seen. It's usually, it's a pretty smooth process and it's kind of up, up in a way. It's when um, it's, I, I guess it's a little different than what you're seeing maybe, right? It's like if, if marketing is off and running and doing it on their own without sales, then eventually like- it, It's it a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I wouldn't say like, don't get started. I'd say like, yeah, go ahead and get started. But at some point you need to agree as a whole company. I don't know about HR and finance yet. <laughs> I don't know about where they fit <laughs> Um, but at least sales, marketing, and executive leadership need to all decide on that strategy together. Absolutely. One interesting sort of anecdote over the years that I've come across is uh, when marketing becomes maniacally focused on target accounts and then sales sort of like steps back and is like, whatever marketing is going to give me, I'm going after them because I know that they're they're looking out for my best interest. Uh, but to have them kind of step back from target accounts was almost shocking to me. That happened at one uh, organization that I was at. So, uh, hey, we only have a couple minutes left. So I'm going to ask kind of the, the last question with the caveat of without specifying your own technologies, uh, my friend up here. What are the top technologies or tools that uh, marketing and sales teams need to help them engage more effectively with today's buyer? So who wants to take yeah, a that? I could start. So our most successful customers are all using multiple data sources and then a multiple activation platform. So, mm-hmm. you know, a fit model, 
if, if you do have a more vast addressable market and you need help using data science to say, hey, what pond should I be swimming in? All of our most successful customers have gone through that exercise. Uh, understanding who's engaging with your first party behavior, right? There's usually some, some help there. Uh, and then activation partners is how do you take these insights and elegantly automate actioning off of them? So these are inside sales platforms, contacts platforms. There's a myriad of them, but all of those things are important. So if you go downstairs, I mean, there's yeah. <laughs> there's your ABM ecosystem. So to make sure that you talk to vendors there, I would just mention predictive analytics data vendors, lots of them out, out there. So we at Marketo partner with LeadSpace, but there are other companies, Everstring and uh, Mintigo. So when, you, when we talk about account selection process, um, and, and again, for some companies, it's it's pretty straightforward when, when there is a finite set of accounts. But for us in SMB, for example, at Marketo because we were trying to scale the efforts and we really took a data-driven approach. And so LeadSpace uh, has been a great partner in, in that process. But what, again, I would emphasize is that allow enough time to do that because no vendor is going to come to you with a, with a model that you can apply in a week and make it perfect. It's really a very engaged process and you need to spend and invest in this process to make it work. Yeah, and it's an evolving process. You're not going to get it all done in one shot. It's going to take time. It's going to take iteration. Uh, the other thing I was going to add is measurement. Measurement is a very key piece. It's the, you know, it's the, it's not the end of the cycle, but it's it's kind of it's the piece that feeds the loop and starts the cycle all over again. So being able to measure your performance across all of your channels, all of your tactics, is very critical and very important. Absolutely. You know, I've used all uh, all three of their technologies o- over the time. I actually uh, engaged in conversations with each of them on particular things, all key components of a great ABM strategy. Uh, I would, I'll do a, a quick shout out to one of the vendors uh, downstairs, though, that I'm particularly interested in that's emissary that sort of uh, hooks you up with an executive that just left a particular company as a way of like kind of helping to map out that other organization. So if you don't know who they are, you haven't spoken to them, go, uh, go have a chat with them. Them. So happily enough, we're here for, for our thing. Hopefully we, uh, we talked about things that were very interesting. And uh, thank you so much for, for coming by. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.